tools, training, systems, and support. It goes all the way through. So if it's employees, it all starts with knowing how to recruit, interview, hire, train properly, and then lead, delegate, motivate. So um, it depends on what industry you're in. If it's, you know, real estate, you know, you have to be careful because there's a lot of people selling silver bullet, you know, the one thing, the secret, stuff like that. So you'll have people like me that, you know, uh, my passion in life, and it always has been, I've been a mentor my entire career to everybody in my business, to all the companies I've owned and things like that. So, um, you know, there's people out there that, that do it professionally. Um, and you just need to make sure that they have the experience, they know what they're talking about and they're sincere. And then you need to, to be able to um, distinguish that from people that are just trying to, you know, get your money or sell you something. They've never done anything, don't know what they're talking about. And you can tell the difference by how somebody talks and by the questions they ask. People will know how, um, how much you know by the questions you ask. And the same thing with a mentor. Um, you will know if you have a good mentor by the questions they ask and how much they want to understand you and where it is you're trying to get to versus how much they can get from you. Um, so more specifically, there's in the multifamily real estate world, there's a ton of mentors out there. In the residential world, there's a bunch of people out there. <clears throat> you can find them locally, um, you know, real estate meetups, things like that. Um, you can find some that have written books, but you just got to be careful. Make sure that you know who the charlatans are and who the, you know, sincere people are. And, you know, talk to, you know, their clients. You know, I was on a call uh, right before we talked with one of my clients that, uh, that I'm coaching that started out. I think they had just, just under $100 million in assets under management. Now they're getting close to a billion. They're on their way there. They had less than $100 million under management. Now they're doing $100 million deals. Yeah, so the way I do one-on-one -on -one is um, it's, it's, it's bespoke. It's personal. And, you know, I don't want to take up the time here, you know, of everybody. But it's, it's literally me and you one-on-one. -on -one. It's unlimited. Um, you know, I'm your coach, your mentor, your guide. We start out, we make a business plan. Um, and then we put that plan into action. And I help you do all of the things we talked about. I teach you how to fish. I teach you how to raise capital, how to build your company, whatever it is you're looking to do. That's what I teach you how to do. And you have a one-year mentorship program. So it's unlimited access to me, Monday through Friday business hours. I'm on the East Coast. So if you're in New York, we're on the same time zone. But I work with people all over the world and you know, we do everything via Zoom, you know, things like that. And I have tons of resources and they get access to all my courses and, and things like that. But it, it's personal. It's one-on-one. -on -one. Like I said, I just got off the phone with a client. I had two calls today from clients on Labor Day. So, yeah, I'm always available to my clients and they have access to me whenever they need me. And, you know, once somebody does my one-year program, they have me for life. You know, it's a, it's a one-year, one-time fee. But after that, I'm available to them, you know, for, for long-term. So, you know, I build long-term relationships with people. And like I said, I have people all over the world and doing all kinds of things. And, you know, nothing makes me, you know, more satisfied and fulfilled than seeing somebody reach their full potential, reach their goals and do like, you know, my clients that I talked to today are doing going from, you know, 80 to hundred million to a billion and just their, their whole world has changed. It's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. They were smarter and more talented. So first of all is, you know, you have to set your ego aside and realize that, you know, you ain't nothing special, right? Whatever it is, you know, somebody knows more and that none of us are, are as smart as all of us as a team. So again, what I did was uh, the people that I needed, I went and looked at the best companies in the business doing what it is I wanted to do. And then I recruited some of their people. Um, you know, or you can just recruit for those positions depending on what it is and, and where you need them, but you can recruit them from other companies. Of course, today you have the online applications. The key is the interview process, <clears throat> you know, so 
nowadays, Indeed, LinkedIn, you know, social media, that's where you find people now. Very different than when I was in business. And what I was doing very specific, I wanted to build million dollar beach houses. So the biggest company in the area, I literally called up their, you know, the president of their company and said, hey, I want you to come work with me. And, and the key was, I want you to come work with me. I don't want you to work for me. Nobody ever worked for me. We worked together. And in fact, I worked for them. So the first thing is to put yourself at the bottom. Remember, you are the servant of that organization. So when it comes to finding people, if you think about it from that standpoint um, of what is it you need, you need people that are smarter, better, more talented than you. And, you know, there are some people that aren't going to be smarter, better, more talented, but they, they're going to be better than you at a job. Like, for instance, my bookkeeper wasn't necessarily smarter than me, but, you know, she was better than me at bookkeeping. And I'm not going to sit there and do that. That's just not the highest and best use of my time. But my chief financial officer was the president of my company. He knew way more about building houses than I did. I'd never built a house before I built a house. So I hired people that did. So one way is to look at other organizations. And if you watch the news, you see that happening all the time. Google, Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, you know, um, you know, all the different tech companies, they're all always transitioning and moving around top executives in those companies going to their competitors. And, you know, that happens for a reason. So nothing wrong with recruiting from other competitive companies, you know, at a high level, uh, depending on what you want to do. And then at the, you know, entry level, you have, you have LinkedIn, Indeed, online resources, Facebook meetup groups, where you just post what you're looking for. The key is you need to understand how to recruit. You need to understand how to interview and you need to understand how to process the applicants for the position you're looking for. For instance, you know, just an example real quick, if you're looking for a detail-oriented office manager type person, you, have a, you need to have a very detailed process of how you want them to apply to make sure they can follow instructions in a detailed manner. If they don't, red flag, right? You don't want a bookkeeper that can't even fill out or apply for the job the right way, meaning send me your resume in written format with a separate attachment, you know, to this email or whatever, you know, so you want to have specific instructions for them to apply for the position. Um, and then the other thing is um, you always want to, you know, review the resume, see how they're written, read them. Are there typos in there? Is there, you know, spelling correct, punctuation? Is it well-written, organized? So you need to think about, you know, who it is you're hiring for. If you're hiring sales talent, um, then, you know, you want to have one-on-one, -on -one, you want to get on video and Zoom first, and you want to challenge them, right? So if you're applying for a job with me and you tell me you're, you know, you're a top salesperson and you're going to blow it out of the market, I'm going to tell you, well, I'm not seeing top talent and I'm going to see how you respond. And I'm going to say, well, I'm, you know, you don't sound that good to me and I'm going to see how you respond. So you need to challenge individuals that are going to be in the role of that and, you know, make sure that you ask good questions and, and things like that and have a multi-step interview process. So, Depending on the level of the employee, you know, that's kind of how you do that. Oh, so I would I would want them to challenge me and say, well, you know, what are you talking about? You know, I'm I've been this, I've been that, I'm the best, you know, versus somebody that says, oh, well, okay, well, thanks, and then they leave, right? So the wrong person's just going to quit, right? Top talent's going to challenge you back and say, wait a minute, what do you mean? I I did this, I set that record, I've been here, I've got that, and then I'm you know, and then I'm going to put them through a test and say, okay, well, you know, whatever it is, I'm hiring them to sell, sell me this, you know. Because sophisticated, talented individuals are going to do some research before they ever apply, especially mm -hmm. for sales or investor relations or something like that. Just like you, before I ever even responded to your email about this, I went to your website, looked it up, did all that. And I said, okay, they look good. So I'll, you know, I'll go ahead and, and agree to do your meetup. 
You know, if you guys didn't look good, I would have never responded. Okay, so depending on what type of property is, you have a number of options. Number one, you have commercial real estate brokers. So you can, you know, talk to commercial real estate brokers in the area. They can give you some opinions. You have to be careful because they have a goal, right? To get the biggest commission they can get. So you have to qualify their opinion, but they can give you general market expertise, asset history, things like that. You can get a lot of information from the brokers by asking good questions. Then you have property management companies. So you can get a lot of information from property management companies about the operations, what it costs to operate the property, what the potential to improve the property is and, and boost the income. If it's strictly evaluation, then you can get appraisers, uh, commercial appraisers. They can do highest and best use study for vacant land development or redevelopment. Uh, and then they can do just straight up valuations on a commercial property and they're gonna value it three ways. They're gonna use an income approach, they're gonna use replacement cost, and then they're gonna use comps. Um, so they'll help you with that. And then um, obviously for the, for the detailed contract work, you're gonna have a real estate attorney do that. And then for the actual underwriting and understanding the financials and the analysis and putting together your offering memorandum and you know investor package, things like that, then yes, you can hire talent from like bullpen, places like that to put those things together in a very sophisticated you know, way that, that looks really good. They have people on there that'll do that for you. There's other companies and resources you can, you can outsource that to as well. So it depends on your expertise. You know, um, I went the route of starting a building company because that's just what I did. But now I don't build at all. I hire builders to work for me. So it depends on what your goals are. If you're making enough profit, just selling the land, that's easy. Stick with that if you have that opportunity because building is is very difficult there's a lot of liability it's a big learning curve if you're not in the business you're not in the industry it's not something you want to just get out there and start doing you're much better off hiring somebody else to do that that that's what they do if you want to build spec houses you know hire a builder let them handle it because of a couple of reasons one you're not going to save that much money at the end of the day because you've got uh, taxes insurance workman's comp general liability you have to warranty the house um, you know, and I'm talking years down the road, you know, somebody will call you up for a leak or something, you know, in most states, you have to warranty the structure for 10 years. Uh, and if there's any kind of mold or water damage or anything like that, you know, that can come back on you. Um, personally, even if you have a corporation, you still have to deal with it. So uh, there's a lot of reasons to use a general contractor. At the end of the day, it's only going to cost you 10% to hire a general contractor. And for me, a 10% premium is well worth not having to deal with any of that. Then you got to learn the subcontractors and suppliers and vendors, and you got to deal with all the waste and loss and, you know, theft and just all the things that go with, with construction. So my advice would be, if you're making a good profit on the land, um, find out, a, find a way to do more of that uh, and keep doing that. And if you want to build, then hire professional general contractors that that's what they do, the type of product you want to build, and that's all they do and let them do their job. Again, you bring Tom Brady in to go to the Super Bowl to throw touchdowns and win touchdowns, you don't wanna go learn how to be quarterback and throw the touchdowns yourself. It doesn't make any sense. Buying a company is always better than building a company. So if you do wanna have a building company, yes, much easier to buy one than it is to build it because they're gonna have those relationships of the subs, you know, things like that. So that's an option as well. But building is a very difficult, risky business with low margins. So I wouldn't recommend getting into that. So the Fed, Federal Reserve has a website where you can see their balance sheet and their minutes and, you know, what they talk about. Uh, and, you know, but that reflects obviously their actions after the fact. But, uh, you know, obviously CNBC, uh, Bloomberg, you know, they have a lot of news, Yahoo Finance, uh, Googling different things. Uh, but those are your main resources. Then you have the Wall Street Journal, 
um, that you can, you know, keep track and, and read stuff in there. And then there's a lot of great podcasts out there with economists, you know, on the CNBC network, Bloomberg television, you know, things like that. So if you only have one investor, then you can just create a note and, you know, and deed of trust on it. And you don't have to necessarily do like a full syndication. <clears throat> so, you know, they can just be um, like a line of credit or something like that. But if you have multiple investors, then, you know, that's a public offering and you have to do an exemption with the SEC and do a, you know, a syndication. But that's just paperwork. You know, it's an, it's an expense. It's going to cost you anywhere from five to $10,000 for a standard offering package um, to raise capital. So it really depends on um, how many investors you have and, and how you structure it. So if it's just one, just do it like a note and, and deed of trust on the property. It'd be like a second mortgage or something. 